Hi, I'm Paul Patrick, and though my dark glasses are one of my signature looks, these hipster glasses didn't used to always be with me. Uh, about five years ago, I got an eye infection, but prior to that, I wore contacts 24-7. You'd never have seen me in these. Hi, I'm Van Kelly. I went into college as a psychology major and got politely asked to leave because I was terrible at math. What is happening and welcome to our show, Every Day I'm Different. On this show, me, Van Kelly, and my co-host, Paul Patrick, will choose two random topics and discuss them in relation to our own experiences and stories. We hope you all agree sometimes, disagree sometimes, and always tell us how you feel about the topics via social media. Paul, what is happening? Not too much. I want to make a joke about psychology and math, but I do remember I took a Psych 101 class, of course, and there was a shit ton of stupid math involved. Right. And, like, the oh. professor, every time we took a test, the yeah. professor would come in and tell us, like, the mean scores and the standard deviation. I'm like, what the fuck are you See, talking that's about? The, that's the whole thing. I, at one point in my life, was a gifted and talented um, math student. Okay. Amazing. Eighth grade year when you have pre-algebra where you learn the building blocks. Yeah. Cheated every single time off oh. of my good friend Fro Daddy. Well, thank God cheaters always win. Exactly, right? And then I became a certified moron. And by that uh, yeah. modern public school standards, I was like a C student in math throughout high school. And then when I got to college, I failed three maths in a row and they were and two of them were statistics which mm. is the only math you really need for psychology yeah that's the thing I'm sure some people out there are like statistics are the easiest thing you guys are idiots oh my god I Z get it scores I get it hey try learning Latin motherfucker yeah. right you know Boom, actually baby. it's pretty easy too yeah. but, try reading uh, gravity's rainbow motherfucker no I'm not going to <laughs> I did try oh yeah I tried I, uh, one summer home from college I was trying to be all artsy and it's read. awful I couldn't do it yeah couldn't bad. do it uh, anyway, Paul, uh, how you doing today, sir? I'm good. Uh, a little tired. Didn't sleep well last night. Uh, might have been expecting to sleep in this morning. But, how late did you stay up? Uh, midnight, you oh, know, but okay. I just, I, I like, I woke up around four thirty or five uh -huh. and there was somebody washing something outside of my window. Uh, yeah, I, it was, it was, I don't know if I was dreaming that or I just couldn't sleep. Now for listeners who don't know, you live on the fourth floor. Third floor, okay. Yeah. But sound carries crazy well. Like it sounded like somebody was rinsing something off down in the alleyway. Okay. Um, but it's also been it was like twenty one degrees, so I don't know who would fucking been doing that. But yeah, that sounds terrible. It may might have been. There's like a garbage uh, person, a garbage <laughs> person. There's uh, garbage bins down there, and it maybe sounded like somebody was like rinsing out the garbage bins. Oh, okay. So gotcha. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm a little tired today. Uh, feeling all right besides that, though. You want to okay. hop into these categories? Let's hit me with it. All right. My first category of the day is... Oh, you don't want to... I know mean, we can edit this out. The, have you heard? Oh, right, 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 right. No, we don't even have to edit that out. I just straight up forgot. Hey, no and problem. You read this shit, Paul. Okay. Um, I was just recently learned this is Ivan Reitman, the creator of Ghostbusters, son... Well, let's call him the director of Ghostbusters. I think Dan Aykroyd and the ghost of Harold Ramis would have touché, a few things touché. to say. He was, yeah. he was the director of Ghostbusters. Yeah. And other, wasn't Ivan, he had one other big one, didn't he? Uh, uh, I feel like he did like some Stripes, kiddie. was Stripes not him? Stripes might have been him. Yeah, I feel that like might one be a good of those time. was yeah. him. 
But anyway, his son um, helped me with the name Jason. Jason, Jason Reitman, Reitman yeah. just announced that he is going to make a third Ghostbusters well, movie. Well, fourth, actually. Uh, but I'm saying three in the universe. Okay. The the, the all-female uh, Paul Feig, right? That was a Paul Feig movie. Yeah. The all-female Paul Feig movie. Oh, well, that's not going to be. Is not canon They've anymore. said for sure that for we're sure. not going to, we're going to ignore the ladies. Ignore it all. Just like. Well, it, welcome to 2019. Yeah. So. It, which, I mean, sort of makes sense though, because I only saw the ladies uh, one just the one time, yeah. they ignored all the other stuff too, right? It was yeah. a complete yeah, reboot. Yeah, it was a reboot, and they, they, they winked at things, like, and the the actors were all, and well, most, well, actually, Harold Ramis had a statue anyway, a bust of him. Oh, right, yes, yeah, but yeah, all yeah, 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 there, there was winks at, at everything, and they were t- clearly trying to get a universe going with yeah. the post-credit stinger. But now this is the, the third movie that will complete a trilogy. Okay. Okay. Um, I was very confused about this until you told me Jason Reitman was Ivan Reitman's son. Okay. Uh, to me, that sort of makes a little bit more sense. But overall, how do you feel about it, Paul? Um, you know, I liked the uh, the Paul Feig Ghostbusters. Actually, I'd okay. say I liked it a lot. Really? Um, yeah, like, not so much that I'm, you know, sending letters to Columbia, whoever it is, yeah. begging for another one, but I would have been very, very happy to see another movie with them in it. Um, and I, I mostly was more fucking annoyed by the internet and how awful the internet was about, oh, Lady Ghostbusters, I can't stand it. Yeah. I remember not liking it. Yeah. But it had nothing to do with that. I liked every character yeah. that played the Ghostbusters. I thought they were amazing. Yeah. I thought the story was shit. That was my big problem. Um, I, thought, I thought the story was fine. Um, I I kind of dug where they went with it, especially because it gave Chris Hemsworth some pretty great stuff to do. That was really good, And yes. he's top three on my list of top Chris's out there. So. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. He's at no. least in the top three. Uh, he's not for me, but no? go on. Okay. I'm a Chris Evans guy. I See, I Chris Pine. I love a Chris oh, Pine. I think he's an underrated yeah. Chris Pine. Chris Pratt, recently out of the Chris's. He is, he's a fucking asshole. Wait, why? He's why got is... some weird, like, religious thing. and uh, uh, Which we, automatically like, makes him a huge asshole. Yeah, okay. yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you're not a big fan of my grandma, huh? She's, no. Okay. She's very religious. God. <laughs> very religious lady. Um, now, my question more to you is, yeah. <clears throat> what do you see them doing with the casting and all that? I don't know. I mean, I was way more into the whole let's reboot it uh, and go in a different direction because otherwise it's let's bring in some new Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters Jr. And we'll have Ray and and, uh, and Egon. Well, not Egon anymore, but right. uh, Winston, we'll have, we'll have Winston be their, uh, be their, their mentors or something. The only story I kind of dug at one point, Bill Murray told Dave Letterman that uh, he'd read a script where his character was dead and he'd be a ghost and right. he'd get to like, fuck around a lot. And that was the only way he'd come back. Back that he right, was interested yeah. in it. So if Bill Murray got to come around and fuck around as a ghost, I, yeah, I'd come as, watch as that movie. Yeah. The Slimer for this, sure, exactly. Uh, Even if it's just a cameo, which is probably all it'd be. But right. yeah, Dan Aykroyd is—he's a weird, interesting, led a crazy, fascinating life. I would love a to weird dude. read a biography about him. Oh yeah, because hearing stories about his life uh-huh. and just his—oh uh, yeah, just crazy town. Because all right, let me ask you this question. I've never really thought about this. <laughs> Because this lends itself to what I'm going to say. He is so forgettable when you start talking about 
like that uh, 70s, 80s independent comedy filmmakers, you right. know? He gets left behind a yeah. lot. or even Saturday Night Live. Or yeah. even Saturday Night Live. You're right. I, I forgot he was on there. Oh, uh, you're kidding me. No. I mean, that's his... You're right. You know, he you're was right. one of the original... A- absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I am an ignorant slut. I apologize. Yes, Jane. <laughs> um, but he... Is he a genius or is he just a dude who lucked into a couple ideas? I mean, he, there's something. He might be a genius and maybe also lucked into a few things. But he's, I mean, he's crazy talented. But also, like the whole Blues Brothers thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's become a joke. But, like, he owned a blues club in the, like, early to mid-70s when he was, like, 18 or something crazy. So in I don't Chicago, know. too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, I don't know. And he owned a blues club in New York where Saturday Night Live would have their after parties all the time. Okay. may still be where they go. I don't know. Right. But just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan Aykroyd, I've heard him interviewed and crazy stories. I would read a biography of that guy. Yeah. yeah I just don't know. <sighs> but that doesn't Something. make for a good sequel. I'm not. Right, right, I'm right. not dying to see what Dan Aykroyd's got going on I with would, the Ghostbusters. I would really need to see who would write it. Who would you like to see write it? Oh, see, I think that he's going to insist on it. Maybe Jason Reitman, a little young blood in here, maybe they'll go Does in Jason a Reitman write his movies as well? Juno was him? No, no, no. Like, his, uh, the writer on that and another one, Young Adult, that he directed was actually that uh, woman, Diablo Cody. Oh, yes, I've heard Yeah, that. yeah. Right, right, right. I, I, pff, hell, I'd, I'd go see Diablo Cody. She's directing herself now, right? Probably. Yeah, I feel like she is. Yeah. Now, I think... Uh, this maybe just because I'm partial to their their movies, but I really think the the I'm gonna start with the least famous one. It's a name that pops out. Okay. The Nick Frost, Simon Pegg, Edgar Wright, Edgar Wright guys. That could be very cool. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, yeah. Because but, uh, here's my thing, and I'm just sort of realizing this now. Ackroyd was never a laugh a minute type of guy. Like he was kind of the straight man, straight man, dry yeah. humor guy. Right. Yeah. And I feel like that lends itself closer to British comedy than okay. You know, like the Eddie Murphy movies and then the Will Ferrell movies. I can see that for sure. And for a very short sliver of time, the uh, oh, who was in Wedding Crashers? Owen Wilson and uh, uh, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn time. Yeah. You know, those kind of movies were like a laugh a minute. Yeah. And. Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd movies were re- never really about that. Yeah, they, it was definitely more tone. And I mean, fuck, I think Ghostbusters, it, the first one only works on the strength of Bill Murray. You know, otherwise, it's not that funny a movie. Oh, really? See, I think yeah. it's in the world building and like yeah. the choice to make it a comment on blue collar work. It's like yeah. every joke was derived from the oh, blue collar. Oh, I'm not saying there's not good stuff there, but I'm yeah. trying to talking as a comedy that would not be a funny movie yeah. without Bill Murray. And, oh. Like he apparently, like I think he ad-libbed all that. Yeah, I could see that. When I was like, a That was kid, supposed to be John Belushi and uh, Winston was supposed to be Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. And um, John Candy was supposed to be Aykroyd. Right. Yeah. Or not, no, I think he was maybe supposed to be Moranis. Because uh, Ackroyd was always like he. That's this is his baby. Really? Yeah. I thought he, no. I thought it was somebody else. There were four original other ones though. I thought. Uh, no, I think Harold Ramis Chevy and Dan Aykroyd. Maybe Chevy Chase was in the mix, maybe. But I feel like Ramis because Ram. So Ivan Reitman, he directed okay. Meatballs, Stripes. So this is definitely the Harold Ramis territory. Okay, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. And then also he directed like Dave. Uh, I hate that movie. I always like that movie. It's something about uh, Kevin, Kevin Klein. Klein. I don't yeah. know. He does not sit well with me, except for Mister Fishoder on Bob's Burgers. Love <laughs> me some Mister Fishoder. Kin- kindergarten Cop. How about that? That's where Ooh, I was thinking. Like kids I love movies. Kindergarden Cop. Yeah, God, yeah. that's a good. 
good movie. Well, tune right. in sometime to our other podcast, <laughs> uh, Every Day I'm Different, because we're on to the movies here. Uh, real fast, before we start, yeah. before we move on to our two categories, what... Name, throw out some names you would like to see as the four guys. Oh, you don't have to name all four, but just oh, some don't put me on the spot like this would fit into that world. Oh, jeez. I don't think Simon Pegg could, I'm but bad I think with this. Nick Frost could. I think Nick Frost could, yeah. I love me some Nick Frost. I'm just going to look at DVDs over here and just name actors <laughs> from it. Chris Pine. Uh, Bill Hader, I think, would be very good in it. Uh, maybe. Yeah, okay. Even after Barry? Like, I can understand maybe uh, before that's true. Barry. I'm a huge fan of his on Barry. But, yeah. I mean, I feel like Barry feels like a character from that world. A little serious, a little goofy, a little over the top. I'm just going like, to say the cast of Good Place. Uh, that's just my oh, comedy favorite right wow. now. Just get them all in there. Okay. There's four of the, and they're called the, uh, uh, they're not the God Squad. What the they Brain. Called? The Brain. No, they call them something like the Soul Squad or something. Because they're trying to save souls at this point. Spoiler. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I haven't watched the new episode yet. Oh, man. And I think a new one comes on tonight, maybe. Tomorrow night, probably. Okay. Um, you can tell when we recorded this. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I look forward to it. I'm yeah. worried about it because Ghostbusters Man. 1 and 2 are two of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, I mean, I'm at the point where, you know, I'm going to be disappointed by pretty much anything. Really? I mean, not disappointed, but, you know, there's not going to be another, oh, my God, that movie was amazing. I mean, I'd probably be more interested in somebody coming up with some original intellectual oh, property. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. You know, right. so I'll go see whatever it is. And, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, that's just where we are right now. That's all we, we, we thirst for. Give me another movie universe. <sighs> Stuff me full of stuff I loved when I was five. I had mm. great tastes when I was five. <laughs> Um, let's bleed this into my first, uh, the first category, uh, and this one is mine, Paul. Okay. We could continue talking about movies with this Probably, one, too, yeah. actually, but I want to discuss westerns. Okay. Yeah. What the do The western genre. The western genre, <laughs> and more importantly, if uh, listeners have never heard me brag about this, I believe I have a sixth, maybe even a seventh sense, Paul. Do you know what that is? Have I bragged to you about this before? No. I am very good at predicting oh, what yes. genres right. are coming up. Sure, and okay. West, we are in the midst of you a western mentioned this. Right now. You mentioned this recently, yeah. and uh, at the time... You agreed with me wholeheartedly. I know, and <laughs> when I went back and I was like, wait a second, there's not been a western resurgence. What are you talking about, well, Paul? it's not that it's... We're in the middle of it. No, I mean, I, I can totally, totally get how it's like there's a there's blips here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, like, um, I would say the Coen brothers, obviously, with True Grit about ten years ago. What? The no country for old men. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of westerny. Okay, well hold on, let me get into that. And first the Ballad of Scruggs. Ba- yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm not saying the western is is completely dead and gone. Right. But I had a question that I'll save for a minute. Yes. But you go ahead. When I'm talking about westerns, like all great stuff that resurges, yeah, it's being tweaked. Okay. To me, there's something that is an offshoot and considered part of the same thing, and that is the modern western. Okay. And I throw movies like Wind River in there. I throw Hell or High Water in there. I throw There Will Be Blood in there. To me, especially after watching Buster Scruggs, it is not about the showdown guys with guns. It is about isolationism. It is about being stronger than, you know, 
the elements or the, yeah. the bad guy, whether it be like uh, the oil men or the guy who's, you know, wears all black and shoots people down in cold blood. I agree. I agree that those films definitely can be considered Westerns. Yeah. Um, which, again, that does not a like full-fledged resurgence make, okay. but at the same time... How about... Let me uh-huh. keep going. All right. Keep going. Okay. Um, how about... What is that Yellowstone? We have Yellowstone on TV. I have we no have, idea what that even is. Oh, Yellowstone is a Kevin Costner TV show oh, uh, set in Yellowstone Park during like the gold rush or something. Okay. I don't know the details about it, but it's supposedly very good. You've got Longmire. Okay. Okay. You've got Preacher. All right. That's an interesting, because I have a question I have for you in a minute. I've never seen Preacher. I want to, but I haven't. That's an interesting. Okay. So I think you see it across TV. You see it across books. You see it video games. What's the number one video game in the world right now, Paul? Yeah, Qbert. People. Uh, Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. (laughs) Qbert. God, that was a a pull from way back in the day. God, I forgot about Qbert. Umphreys McGee, sick song called Qbert also. Just a little FYI. Real funky. I don't care. (laughs) Um, Anyway. uh, Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. You know, it's huge. Oh, I'm not. There is something, and say what you want, but... People were saying the same thing when Romero was still releasing, you know, his shitty middling movies. Right. And when Walking Dead came on, people were like, people don't want to watch. Like, Well, I guess the reason I'm saying not a, quote, resurgence, because I don't think it's standing up to where Westerns used to be. And so here's a question I have. I disagree. um, That do you think that the comic book glut, uh, genre glut of Uh movies and TVs and everything that we are certainly in the middle of is analogous to the Western uh, genre glut of the 50s and 60s. And so I've heard that argument made and people say, oh, fuck, I'm tired of comic book movies. We've talked about them on this show before. And And we love them. Oh, yeah. Have you seen the trailer for the new Spider-Man movie? It looks so good. Love it. Yeah. But uh, the... um, People have said, oh, don't worry. Like Westerns, comic book movies are going to come and go. Like, they might be here for a while, but they are going to fade eventually. I I firmly believe that as well. Probably. I mean, there's going to be a point at which... Like, we're slowly coming up to Avengers Endgame here. We're probably going to see either cast characters die or potentially even be recast in the future. So how far can this Marvel, uh, for instance, train go? Um, But That's a scary thought because I would – my counter argument would be – how well are comic books doing right now? The comic books have persisted forever. They've persisted. And yeah. so I would certainly say that Western as a genre definitely is persisting. Whether or not it's resurging, you know, it, it's not every... like. And you and I weren't around in the 50s and 60s, right. but yeah. like to hear tell, and you, you look at, you know, old movie channels, right. fucking every movie that came out was a Western. Right. So, But I think there were lots of reasons for that. Um, yeah. At... The, at the time, yeah. namely, they were very cheap to film. Sure. Stuff of that nature. You know, deserts looked pretty good in black and white as yeah. compared to city landscapes. Stuff like so that. So Preacher was one I wanted to mention. I have not watched it either, but I've read the comic. It's a comic book series. Right, yes. So, you know, it's interesting that it's got crossover. Is that succeeding or doing well because it's 
a western or because it's a comic book, you know, or well, I think it's certain, I think it's succeeding um, mainly because it's a crossover. It's not a pure western. Yeah, you know the same. Well, I got way. you because uh, I I think you're right. Hell or High Water. I love that movie. That's a great Coming movie. back to my my boyfriend Chris Pine. Oh yeah. Um, but not necessarily a quote traditional western. You're definitely onto something here. Right. Yeah. Uh, See, Wikipedia think, right, <laughs> says yes, uh, a western is going to be one that's set primarily in the latter half of the 19th century in the American Old West, Bullshit. often centering around the life of a nomadic cowboy or gunfighter. And this, kids, uh, is why we don't read Wikipedia. Well, I mean, you're going to see a ton of, you know, what's the Western apparel that, that that's going to pop up all throughout, you know, even uh, the, the, the apparel in, yeah. say, a Hell or High Water movie, like... That that's a, a part of Texas, which by the way wasn't even filmed in Texas. Right, but really? that's a yeah no. Okay. Um, that, that's a part of Texas that I'd be curious to visit. Like, do you know? Ugh. Remember the scene in Hell or High Water where they go into the diner and the old woman's like, "What don't you want? All we got here is is, oh, right. is steak. steak, and you either don't want the green beans yeah. or you don't want the mashed potatoes." Yeah. But uh, so yeah. what don't you want? Right, what don't you want? <laughs> yeah, that's a great like, scene. It's a great scene. I I don't. Does that place exist? Is I, I, that feels like a a a, a, we, a a lot in that movie feels like caricature. Uh, Ooh, and, oh, and, it definitely exists. Okay, and oh, I'd love to definitely. go, and we need to see more of that. But I do wonder if they amped up some of it to kind mm. of remind you. I, I think they're definitely going for more okay. of a old oh, western kind of feel. We're idiots. Who's the most uh, influential, probably director in Hollywood right now? And he has a boner for westerns. Yeah, but he's kind of moving out of that phase. Tarantino. Yes. Yeah. But he was got, in it hard. He was in it hard, and I was kind of getting tired of that, I got to say. Oh, really? I I don't know how much I like The Hateful Eight. Uh, oh, I love The Hateful Eight. I mean, Not as much as Django, baby. And see, I don't like Django nearly what? as much as um, getting out of the westerns and uh, going to World War II and Glorious Bastards. Like, I feel like his output in the last decade, uh, slightly longer, each each film I like a little bit less. Wow, and really? Yeah. Okay. Whereas there's kind of an up, uh, uphill up to Inglorious Bastards for me, but after that... Okay. Uh, there's a lot to love about Django, and there's some to love about Hateful Eight, but I kind of felt like I'd seen it all already. Really? I wasn't... Yeah. Because... Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so, my, my first question to you is, how do you feel about Westerns? Do you like them? I do. I really like Westerns. Okay. I mean, do you have a favorite that jumps out at you off the top of your head? Uh, I really, really like True Grit a lot. Uh, the, the original or? Um, the Coen Brothers one. So, okay. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm definitely more into a modern. And I re- That's not modern at all. I don't know why you keep saying that. that what, is, True Grit? Yeah. It's that like is, 10 years old. Well, I'm saying modern westerns. I'm saying the film is set in a modern time period. I see. Yes. Uh, True no, Grit, I know. even though it's I made... Know. I mean, True Grit is what I'm talking about. It's right. a western resurgent. I feel like if there wasn't a western resurgent, the Coen brothers would not have made True Grit. Uh, I don't know about that, actually, because I don't know. I feel like right around the time that came out, there was one or two stabs at Let's Really Bring the Western Back. 310 to Yuma uh, 310 came to out Yuma. at the time. And I feel like maybe one or two others. And yeah, you'd had No Country a couple years earlier. Um, and uh, the fucking P.T. Anderson, what did you just mention? Uh, uh, there, there Will Be, be blood. blood, yeah. So I get it, but I kind of felt like those were like coughs in the dark, you know? Uh, I, I know, I feel like, so talking about the tweaked yeah. Western, um, 
I would say, from at least what I remember them talking about at the time, the first kind of t- slightly tweaked Western, although it, it was still set in Western times, was Unforgiven back in 91, 92. See, I feel, because that I was feel Clint like Eastwood, and it, Clint Eastwood was the, you know, that's the right. man the man with no name. Yeah. Um, but that movie was definitely a very different film than the Westerns people had been watching, even him in, yeah. uh, or, or other Westerns, you know. See, I don't know. That one feels very much like a prototypical Western to me, only done with the panache of somebody who has the ability to make Oscar winning films. I would have to read up on it a lot. I've seen the movie. I really liked it. Um, But I don't recall the specific arguments about why this is not a typical Western at the time. But there were... There yeah, were there I were can't. arguments about it. Yeah, I can't. And I think it had to do with the character. Maybe it was more that his character was not the type he normally would play. Now that's uh, that's that's well, yeah, kind of. And he wasn't true. the he wasn't the gunslinger. He was kind of he was that that character was not trying to be that person. He only yeah. you know at the very end when uh, Morgan Freeman uh, was killed, right? Uh, you know. Um, I guess as far have you ever seen? Let me think of some classics. Have you ever seen? Uh, speaking of Clint Eastwood, uh, Outlaw Josie Wales. I have not. I have a huge like older Western blind spot that it's it's uns, unspeakable okay. that I haven't seen some of these. How about let me name a couple other famous ones that I really like. Have you ever seen? Big fan of this one, although I love Tom Selleck in that mustache. You ever seen Quigley Down Under? That is a fantastic little movie. Fantastic yeah, I love Quigley Down movie. Under. Yeah. May, yeah, that may have been. Uh, uh, Hans Gruber's second film ever, too. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure been. if it was, but it might have been. They were okay. right around the same time, I believe. This has nothing to do with it, but uh, I just remembered my favorite Western. Yeah. Tombstone. As hands down, not a question. Tombstone. See, I hate fucking, that movie. You hate Tombstone. Yeah, I feel like it's... How is that possible? Holy shit. To me, it feels like one of those Hollywood-like... Let's get some big name faces. Let's not worry if they match up that well. We've got this big story. You don't think Kurt Russell, who has made his especially latter career looking like a mountain man from uh, 1872? He may have been the only one that I Sam Elliott? Sam Elliott! You are out of your mind. I feel like they were just like, all right. uh, What's his name? Powers Booth as the. the, Oh, I love Powers Booth. I'm a Deadwood guy. Don't get me started on that. So, look, I don't know what you're saying here, you know? Um, Oh, Godless. Godless on Netflix. Did you watch Godless? It's a great. I've little miniseries. Who, who's the oh. star of that? Um, I do not know his... It's like Jeff Daniels or somebody. No, Jeff Daniels is the bad guy, but oh, he's not okay. the star. He's well, then the, never mind. Yeah. I meant who's the person I would know from it. <laughs> um, yeah, Jeff Daniels is the guy you would know with. Also, uh, McAvoy from uh, Law & Order. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. Sam Watterson. Oh, okay. Yeah. All he, right. He was there you go. As well. That's like, he is Western, you know? Which I he spent his whole career on Law and Order, but he can walk into a Western and I I buy it in two seconds. Really? See, I, he took yeah. me out of it. I didn't like. Oh him. man, no. Uh, so, do you think? All right, uh, play devil's advocate for me, then, Paul. Okay. Let's say there was a re- resurgence. Okay. Sure. Like, I've read articles about why is the comic book genre resurfacing and all that right now, and most people believe you know it's like. Sports dominated the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Like the drama kids, the nerds, the geeks, they kind of got pushed down into this like darker corner of what was popular and cool. And now that they're sort of hitting the working world and making money and decisions, they're bringing out all that stuff that they loved. And then sort of the the meathead athletes and the rest of the society was like, hey, yeah, this shit is pretty fucking cool. We don't know why we liked it. What do you think is the reason – 
if, if it does exist, for a resurgence of Western? What about right now makes America want the Western? Um, I don't know about right now because, again, I don't know if I agree. I think that for the last little bit anyway, I think there's definitely a sense of romanticizing that period of westward expansion and manifest destiny. And you, it was a lawless land. You didn't have – the feds were the bad guys. Um, you know, Pinkertons. Yeah. And Pinkertons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they were coming to, to take away your rights, you right, know. Yeah. So, because I mean, like uh, in in Tombstone, the bad guys in that are actually the Stadies, the locals. Um, they were, you know, the the when uh, I mean, it's pretty fictionalized, but when right. Wyatt Earp comes in, it's because he's been, you know, marshalized. He's become a federal marshal, right? Um, so yeah, there's there, I think there's a lot of a lot of romanticism for. Uh, the Ku Klux Klan. I think there's, I mean, yeah, I think there's a lot oh, of... Oh, really? I thought you were arguing it's like, uh, um, it's, it's like, uh, escaping the powers that be. Like getting off the grid. Yeah. Not and, having to And not being told what I'm supposed to believe and what oh, I'm supposed to do. Wow, you're and, taking a really dark view of it. I mean, I kind of think it's going in that direction. You know, okay. I think I think that that's if there was a Western resurgence, I yeah. bet that there's a lot about, you know, oh, those little the, the little guys. Yeah. I mean, in hell or high water, uh, people get killed. Oh, yeah. Um, but we and I don't know. We're not supposed to necessarily see the brothers as the heroes, but they're right. definitely. And Chris Pine, you know, being quite the looker at the end. We're not yeah. necessarily sorry when he and uh, Jeff uh, Bridges have their. You know, tete-a-tete, and uh, well, if I see you, I see you. If I see you, I see you, you know? Yep. So I'll, We'll finish this conversation later or right, something like that. Right, uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like that, um, which is interesting to bring up the idea that I'm not sure, you know, I, I know this, and I, being a very intelligent guy, Paul, I'm sure you have this problem, too. I forget what is kind of like common knowledge and what is forgotten by a lot of people. Okay. Do you know, and I feel like I'm giving away by asking this question, but... Do you know what race like seventy five to eighty five percent of cowboys were? Yeah, I feel like Scotch. Oh no, they were black. Okay, they were released slaves after the Civil War. Oh, okay, that was like the number one job for released slaves after the War. I had no. Cowboys. Why was I thinking something about like Scotch being like because uh, of Back to the Future Three, the McFly family out there on the uh, maybe yeah. there was something about that. We're supposed to be Irish though. Yeah, but yeah, Scotch Irish. I feel like were like definitely looked looked down on. Somehow, I don't know where I heard that from, but yeah, no, but no, you, you, I'm, you, I'm and, sure you're right, and that's crazy yeah, because sure you know right. uh, America, sweet, sweet American racism. Mm-hmm. You know when the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s happened, and we made all these movies. <laughs> We're not yeah. putting a black guy as a cowboy. No, no, we need good-looking dudes like John Wayne and right. uh, you know uh, those guys. So that's interesting. I view it as more of because. Even with a resurgence, you, I can admit that like um, westerns are not blockbusters. They're not like uh, the 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 comic book movies. They are niche. They are art films. They are. Right. I think it's the older, the adults, the the mind generation, the thirty five year old who grew up without cell phones, okay, who had that isolationism, who could leave the house at at. 9.30 on a Saturday morning, not talk to their parents all day, be out tramping around the neighborhood and come back 
and have that freedom. So you then, want hold this? On, hold on. All right. And then my generation got bombarded with the cell phone stuff and the media, the social media, and all that. And like little hapless puppy dogs that we are, most people in my generation were like, hey, this is what the kids are doing. Hey, I can do this too. Oh, it's so cool. It's so cool. And we sort of jumped head first in. And now this is sort of like a backlash that, hey, there was really not, it was really kind of cool not having anybody to answer to and to be off by our own and do yeah. things our own way. So I was going to say, you want to light out for the prairie alone, huh? You, uh, well, you know me, Paul. Yeah. I would have, if, if my, if my ranch, if my ranchero was very, uh, upkept and nice and swanky, yeah, yeah. I would have no problem being a cowboy. You just want to head out there and, uh, <laughs> hunt all winter. Oh, and no, see, I want to Come glamp. down in the spring for, uh, for supplies. I want to glamp. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, like you want my, Western glamping? I want okay. Western glamping. Yeah. Mm, I've got some <laughs> so, bad news for like, you. like, mix of real housewives of, like, you know, South Beach or whatever with uh, the, what's uh, the, the man with known uh, hang him high that's okay. what I want you know the mixture I feel like of the you'd bo- like to run the brothel I don't know I would love to run that's a brothel that's right you're the one who's like uh, see Miss Kitty she'll get you all fixed up <laughs> well I mean so. Al Swearingen runs a brothel come on man yeah I'm not saying it's a uh, bad thing and you know Powers Booth was one of the main bad guys of Deadwood too see I have not I need to watch Deadwood oh my god I know it's, it's a, speaking it's, of the resurgence Deadwood movie coming yeah. out, baby. Sure. I've seen pictures. It's happening. Oh I'm my. not saying. People are holding yeah. on to it. The Western is not dead. And I kind of wonder, is that where comic book movies will settle into eventually? Where there's like a decently popular one every couple of years. There's okay. a couple of independent ones, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the comic book movies are here to stay. And I got no problem with that, you know, like we said. But uh, I, I don't know. I, what's going to, in 50 years, yeah. what are we going to be watching? A real quick aside, because I think we're about done with Westerns, probably. Probably. Real quick aside about Hollywood, or, uh, comic book movies, I wonder because eventually, just like the comic books, they're going to have to redo these characters, right? Like right. in 10 years, there will be another Captain America. There's been like three Spider-Men. Since, right. Yeah, last yeah. So I'm wondering if there's going to be like some allegiance. Like I really cannot, for the life of me, fathom another Captain America. And he's my favorite yeah. Avenger and he's my favorite actor out of all of them. I 100% them. agree. And I just... I'm not sure I would ever go see another Captain America movie because I want him as my Captain America. I have to think what they, what Marvel is thinking, they, I think they realize that. And that's why, you know, we're going to have Captain Marvel and so, the Guardians of the Galaxy. And we're getting to the second, ter- third, third, uh, fourth tier. And they're going to make those guys. That, that That's going to be the Avengers. So you're arguing that they are going to, in this shared universe, the yeah. only by thread is going to be the group names. Maybe. I think that Which they might... Which is what the might, comics did, too. Yeah. Right? Oh, sure. There's okay. been a million people in the Avengers over yeah, the years. Yeah, see, uh, that's so. the sort of shit that guys like me don't or, know about. Well, yeah. Or um, what's happened before is other people have become Captain America. It's right. not been Steve Rogers, Bucky, right. uh, Winter Soldier, for a while, a long while, was Captain America. And that's what people right. have wondered are they going to do, is have whatever his name is uh, become yeah. uh, the new Captain America, if that happens. See, I think... Because then a n- another Captain America with him, that would be a very different movie of very different character. Absolutely. So, yeah. So then my question would be, do you think, I I feel like what would work best for them would just be let, leave Captain America alone, even if you're not going to do the whole reboot with him and the frozen ice and everything. Well, I got a question about that. Um, sure. <laughs> uh, is leave him alone yeah. for 10 years. Yeah. Give and it, then give it a when rest. you come back. Right. 
do another guy as Captain America. Yeah, they're, they're going to have to eventually do more Captain America. But we say that every iteration of Spider-Man has shown him turning. Oh, no, the newest ones didn't show him Right, turning. and thank God. Because the people were sick so and tired far. of it. Right, the yeah. first one was the best of all the movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so um, real quick before we move on. Sure. In the comics, I'm always curious about this, how much, because I know the movies, for the most part, take bits and pieces of all the stories and mix them together. Yeah. In the original, was Captain America frozen in ice and thawed out? Yeah, because the, so the Captain America stories that we start with, basically, were from the early 60s. And so he was a World War II, uh, and he had been, he was like, he was re He was originally around in the 40s um, that they just wrote stories about him, uh-huh. but then the Avengers Marvel Comics version of him was thought out in the 60s, and they keep having to adjust, you know, either how long it's been or what war it was, even. But it's got to be World War II. That's, that's the one that's got to be. Okay. So, yeah, at this point, you know, obviously... Yeah. You're getting to the point where you have uh, him being thawed and everybody he knew is either dead or like, yeah. you know, 70s or 80s or 90s. Which or, is a know. great character beat. Like yeah, like yeah, it certainly Absolutely. works now. But yeah, yeah, it's always been that way. Cool. They just have to keep changing his date. Just out of curiosity, since you are kind of a comic book master of disaster, sure. what has there ever been a cowboy superhero, cowboy-like superhero? Well, there's been superheroes set in Western times. There was actually a movie. Uh, fucking Josh Brolin uh, was the star. It's called Jonah Hex. Oh, right. I yeah. forgot about Jonah Hex. Yeah, that movie was apparently a huge See, turd. to me, that isn't really superhero any more than well, Men in Black is. you're right. They hadn't really had... I don't know if there's a Western superhero... They've definitely had stories of, like, Batman existing in the Old West. Right, but no, I'm saying more, like, themed around. Like, I just found out there was a guy named, like, the Swordsman or something like that. Okay. Uh, You never heard of the comic book here, the Swordsman? I don't think so. And, I mean, his whole thing was just, like, he is, like, a fencer who uses a lot of swords. So I was like, (laughs) well, if they can do, like, a Frenchie who has a sword. (laughs) I like the way you tetherball, sir. Right, exactly. Why can't they do, like, a Western-themed guy who became a superhero? I don't know. It just seems because well, I mean, you mean like a dude in 2019 being like, "I love Western movies." Sure. Okay. I mean, Hawkeye grew up throwing knives in a circus. That don't exist too much anymore. Yeah. No, you're not. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So same sort of thing. Um, I mean, you'd be a sharpshooter. You'd be good with guns, right? It just makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, Paul, why don't you transition us to the next uh, topic, which I listeners am, am not quite sure what to expect. Paul has said a word to me a couple times. Right. I know the word. Well, do you want to go with this one? How are we look? on time like should we do something a little lighter or uh... i think we're at 37 or we're at 37 i think we could fit it in. all right well, i want to talk i want to know what strap you mean in strap yes, in all right please so uh i was reading an article yesterday on the guardian uh that said that um those people who have more ignorance of genetically modified foods are far, far, far more confident that they know everything and that theirs is the right uh, point of view. Okay. And I brought this up with someone and they said, oh, yeah, that's called, uh, it's in psychology, the Dunning-Kruger effect. Mm. And the Dunning-Kruger effect basically states that the more incompetence you have, the more confident you are of your competence. And so I, re- I should have backed up and I before I even <laughs> revealed this to you, I should have said... Are you competent, and in what fields do you feel you are competent? Okay. Um, I am... Oh, Paul. Oh, Paul. I am confident in maybe... Competent. 
I said competent. No, you said confident. Uh, <laughs> what are you confident? We will in? go back, but I am a hundred percent sorry. I said competent. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You were checking uh, your phone, Paul. I know, you and I heard it. Me. I heard it. Um, you were I very am, confident. You said confident. I am the confit rabbit. In um, now, I'm confident about one thing and one thing alone, man. Okay. Myself. I know me. I know me. That's it. Like that's the only thing where if there was but a job, do explain, you? I do. I All do. Right. It's right. ugly and it's weird, but I know myself. Okay. Yeah. Other than that, no, I don't know shit about shit. So you're not a good juggler. You know, we've mentioned that like six times on here. Uh, <laughs> I. You're not good at juggle. taking care of your dog. You're not uh, decent at paying your taxes. I'm adequate at all those. My dog's C- competent. Not dead. I'm not saying you're a you know a jujitsu master of whatever, but okay. Well, then I guess I'm comp. Uh, I'm okay at a lot of things. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Taking really? care of my dog, Paul. Are you following are up you these questions to, to prove? No. No. Something? No. Uh, it's just more of a question, like. How are there things you? How confident are both of us? That tell, tells us a lot about our personalities, probably. And that. Well, now you said confident that time. No, I know. I'm okay. saying how confident are we in our different abilities? How confident are we with our con- competence? Competence, right? Yeah. I know. Uh, um, how confident are we are in our diction? Right. Um, uh, I. Huh, I, I mean, I don't see really where you're going with this is my oh, problem. I, I just so, more wanted to look into whether you agree. Do you feel that there are things that you have in your life found out? Oh, shit. I've had this idea and I was so sure it was right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out I didn't actually know anything about it. Or do you would you be willing to say, I bet there's things that I, I am that way about, but I'm too ignorant about them to know it? Um, I am, when I am not making jokes, Paul, I am a pretty humble guy, but my sense of humor and how I try to make people laugh requires a sense of like Will Ferrell as braggadocio that I do know most things about everything. But if you ask me honestly, like on a podcast, I don't know shit about shit, Paul. Good. I am smarter than probably 90% of our country. And I think part of what lends itself to that is the humbleness, admitting that you don't know everything. Well, the this uh, Donner Party Kruger effect, whatever it's called, okay. uh, it brings the up... Diane Kruger effect. Yes, the Dunning-Kruger effect, though it was only formulated in 1999, mm-hmm. throughout history and literature especially, there have been People lots. were sure they were competent right, about exactly, the subject. Yeah. But. Um, Socrates, uh, at one point, you know, said that he is only wise because he doesn't fully understand everything because wisdom is being aware that you know nothing. Boom, baby! Yeah. That is Literally, he is stealing words out of my mouth. Yes. Okay. Shakespeare, the fool doth think he is wise, but the wise man knows himself to be a fool. I don't want to be associated with that guy. He didn't steal anything from me. Billy Shakespeare? Yeah, no. I don't like Bill Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Not How about me. Mr. Charles Darwin? Oh, okay, sure. Ignorance Weirdo. more frequently begets confidence than does knowledge. Okay. I would go, the first quote that popped into my head when you were talking about it is, ignorance is bliss. Yeah, and so some people are blissfully trying to stay ignorant, you mean? No, I mean you don't know – you don't know your limitations, so you feel like you are the the cream that has rise to the top. Okay. Like you – 
people people who have ignorance that makes them blissful don't realize they are ignorant. There you go. And that's essentially what we're talking about. You've here. never been tested, so you don't know. Right, exactly. Right. So on that topic, so you just said you're smarter than 90% of the people out there. Yes. And you know what? I bet, yeah. Um, America's a big, having, dumb place, Paul. It's I agree. Not a broad well, I was having a conversation with my fiance the other day, and she asked me, do, do you realize how smart you are? Mm-hmm. And my answer is no. Yeah. And definitely there's a lot to be said about who I have surrounded myself with and what the life I've chosen to lead. See, and know. I think there's 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 marking points of your intelligence and in all those. Yeah, but I, I guess I want to say that I don't recognize it necessarily. If I've spent my life surrounding myself with smart people, there's uh-huh. always been somebody smarter than me around. And so I naturally assume, oh, and I'm just average, you know. Right. Whereas yet, I think you have an excellent point that yes. somebody out there who's, you know, only dealt with their own little world and never gone outside of it, then they think that they are big fish in little pond. Yeah. You know, they don't and realize it. They don't know the pond's right. little. And we're not saying that, or at least I'm not saying that that pond, you know, that pond could be... Sure, it could be a crossroads town in Missouri. Yeah, but it could also be the rich elite of New York City. If you surround yourself with people who don't push you or don't question you yeah. or just take everything you say at will, like yeah. you're going to be a dumb person. Yeah, I yeah. would point to our president for that. I was going to ask, what do you? Is there anybody? Maybe let's say, is there anybody in your immediate life uh, who you feel? Uh, suffers from this that there's something that you're just like you are fucking stupid and you don't realize it and I I have to think it's a source of frustration because sure when uh, we talk about the the, this fucking stupid wall that we're trying to get built here it Uh. is absurd that this is a a conversation but you know there's a reason why it's a conversation and but how is it let's talk more locally do you know somebody because I honestly don't know if I can say off the top of my head uh, maybe I have one person in my orbit that I might say. Um, uh, I don't know. My and what I would no, say about them I is don't. it's not that they are very very intelligent, yeah. uh, intelligent, yeah. but the rashness of their behavior sometimes leads them down a path and it'd be like, have you ever recorded yourself to see what you're saying? And then I've got one person in mind and I'm curious if it's the same person. Oh, okay. What you got? Uh, Is it a, is it a coworker named the Cardinal? Uh, no, it's not. Okay. But I'd love to hear about this. I mean, he the Cardinal does that shit a lot. Yeah. And and, you know, it's one of a couple of our poker buddies have mentioned stuff to me. They're just like, man, when he gets gone, it's just like, shut the fuck up. You don't know everything about everything. Well, is he openly hypocritical? Oh my God, he is maybe the most hypocritical really? person. Really? Do you, do you know ever. a specific example without being too? Um, b- b- do you know a specific b- b- example with being vague? Okay. Yes. Um, okay. I do. I do. Um, so one of my good friends, uh, let's call him the Bengali Tiger. He is from. He's from Bangladesh. Okay. Um, he comes from the one percent of okay. Bangladesh. Oh, so we've he talked has, about before. Yeah. He has slaves and all that stuff. It's not a great scenario. Wait, he's, he has slaves. Um, he he had a heroin addiction when he was like 13, 12, 13. As you do when because, you have slaves. Because, uh, I mean, this is what kids do. He would he would yeah. go to he would go to his driver and be like, "Hey, you, go find me heroin." And okay. the driver would have to go do it. Yes, he he was like, "I ring bells and they bring me water." Okay, are yes. they paid? 
Uh, maybe in is it just like a and, cast system that yeah, I'm ignorant of? Uh, we are very no ignorant of it. We're talking. I about. am using his term "slave." Okay, he may That's have been making a joke or embellishing it, or even to just like an a best service. translation. Yeah, right, something yeah. like that. Yeah. It's it's a life we wouldn't want, Paul. Let's leave it no, at that. Okay, no. no. Um, so uh, uh, the Bengali tiger, he lived in Bangladesh for. You know, until he was like 15, 16 years old. And he was of the elite, so he was very intelligent. He went to okay. private schools. He kept up to date with politics and all that stuff. Yeah. When we went to a beer fest and he came to visit one time, I was like, hey, uh, my buddy, the Cardinal. The Cardinal thinks he's the smartest dude in the world and he loves talking Asian politics. Okay. Why don't you go up and, and bring up Bengali politics to him? <laughs> and within 20 minutes, the cardinal was like finger pointing, giving lessons about his home country's okay. politics to him. And the Bengali tiger afterwards was just like, he had no idea what he was talking about. He was just you know, there yeah. to, to yell at me. And okay. I was like, okay, that sounds like him. Yeah. Now, granted, that's a little different. Alcohol was involved. Sure. And is there any chance that like the cardinal was talking on a different side of something and there was a miscommunication? Quite possibly because yeah. the Bengali tiger was was pretty drunk and, okay. you know, but it, it, to tell somebody else about their own politics of their, like, that's it. I would never go down that road <laughs> unless I was intentionally doing it to fuck with the person. Yeah, yeah. then I find that humor hilarious. See, that's a dangerous uh, combination in my mind. I don't want to call him a dangerous personality uh, <laughs> because I would consider him very intelligent. Very, but if there's the more like that's almost like the inverse of this. The more he knows, the more ignorant he is about certain things. Yeah, or I was going to just say that this this having overconfidence yeah. in how much you know or or a lack of ignorance sure. is it's not hampered by how much you do know you right. could be a super smart person and then that next level you're right. bullshitting on right yeah. yeah so it really doesn't matter yeah so it's where does the you see it seems from this that the confidence is coming from the incompetence that it's 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 us looking and realizing what our levels actually are that make us you know, that give us the low confidence almost. That's, so that's it's true. an interesting, like, so would you say yeah. you're a, a confident fellow generally? Um, blah, 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 blah. that's a tough question, Paul. Uh -huh. I guess it depends on the category. Um, I have a, I have an intense self image problem. I, I think okay. I only focus on the negative parts of my body and my physique yeah. Uh, with my intelligence. We all do too. Yeah. Right. I, 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 is that just a thing, I guess? Look, we got the markers out the one night. We circled the problem areas. It was one time. <laughs> but the marker was hard to erase, and it's still there, Paul. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, when it comes to my intelligence, I don't have conversations about my intelligence very often. I, I would like to think that I'm very realistic about it. The yeah. problem is I'm being facetious and in character like 99% of the time I'm talking with people yeah. in public. So that's a little bit different. Um, I don't... I, uh, confidence... In, I, my job, we've talked about this before, I always think I could be doing a better job, like a sure. better, better putting forth more effort at work. Yeah. So why would I feel confident that I'm not putting forth my best effort in? Right. I've started to feel a little confident with my writing. Um, being able to talk on on a, a podcast, maybe, not sure. really. Uh, I don't know. I don't sound confident in my answers about sounding confident. Right. I never think about how awesome I am, I guess. So I guess there's not a lot of confidence there. 
I think I have a strange confidence. Um, I think that being intelligent is, on the one hand, an important part of my personality uh-huh. and identity and has been since I was a kid. Right. But on the other hand, there have always been constantly things to beat me down. One dumb example, I was in the gifted and talented program when I was in elementary school, blah, blah, blah. Do you know what uh, OM, Odyssey of the Mind is? You heard of it at least? Um, no. Ah, it's a, it's a thing. Okay. Uh, but in, I guess, fourth grade... Um, you guys got together and like played pl- Clue and Trivial Pursuit. In shit, fourth right? grade, yep. Uh, now, it's some sort of like problem-solving you do a skit, you do a, a brainstorming. I don't know. I don't know the whole deal. But yeah, when I, I was in fourth like that, grade, yeah. um, to be on the Odyssey of the Mind team, you had to audition. Now, okay. I was in Gifted and Talented, and everybody who was in GT automatically got an audition. Yeah. But only like certain people from the mainstream were selected to audition. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't pass my audition uh, because of some like picture I had to draw that I had to create something, and I drew a, a robot that made food. Gotcha. And, uh, or like a robot butler. And they're like, butlers, that's not creative. So I wasn't chosen. I mean, so on the one hand, I, I'm told I'm gifted to and be intelligent. Fair, and on that's the, that's not a great... Like, what the ro- fuck ever. Robots follow orders. Maids follow orders, Paul. You, uh-huh. just, you did... You drew the, the I wanted a... You drew I, the Jetsons. I drew a Bangladeshi robot slave, <laughs> and uh, I wanted my Bangladeshi robot slave. No. Um, so my confidence on the one hand, like, I sometimes am arrogant about a lot of things, and I say things to show off. Ooh, give me one. Um, I, I, you can't use Latin as your example. No. Um... I we might be talking about like food or something. I'll be like, oh, did you know that X Y Z? You didn't ask me for what you know X Y Z, but sometimes yeah. I might show did it you off. Know, Paul, that the tomato is not from Italy. I had no idea. Actually, from Mexico. Really? Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> um, but so I, I show off sometimes, yeah. and I don't mean to. Right. I'm not trying to show off, but I'm also wanting to reinforce my identity that uh-huh. I've always had. But at the same time, my entire life there have been little kicks against me mm-hmm. about, well, listen, you're not that intelligent. Listen, you, you're, you're pretty good, but you're not Can as you, good as Do you remember one these, of these kicks? Well, that Honestly, the mind thing, that audition. I that hit me pretty kids, hard. Man. I was 10 years old, man. Okay. Like, at the fact that all my friends who were uh-huh. in, everybody else in GT yeah. got to go do this thing, okay. plus one kid from the regular classroom. Okay. So all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I probably don't belong here, and he actually does. So it's, I, I definitely have a lot of issues with imposter syndrome mm-hmm. that, oh, I don't, I'm not, I don't really belong here. Yeah. And every once in a while in my life, I've had these episodes of, it's, it's not keeping okay. me down. I got know? one for you. All I right. got one for you. All right. I am a self-taught, uh, decent musician. Mm-hmm. And I may have bragged more braggadociously about my skills on here before, but sure. you know what? Every day I'm different, Paul. Sure. And right now you reminded me of a story. Um, so in college, I hung out with a bunch of hippies, and a couple of them started a jam band uh, my sophomore or junior year. They became Umphreys McGee. And Go they ahead. became, and their name was Blueberry Jam. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and. Um, you know, these guys were – one of them was a good friend and the others were more friends of friends, acquaintances, people you saw at parties, stuff like that. Yeah. And I never got asked 
to join. I love the same music these guys did. I yeah. play, played the same type of music. I right. never got asked. So you weren't in to to join, right? Okay. And and I wanted to be in a band more than probably anything else in college. Like that was number one for me, probably. Yeah. So it really fucked with me. But then senior year, the weekend everybody came back. There was a small party for people. Uh, that it showed up a little early and the guy who started the band, the lead songwriter and the singer and guitar player, very yeah. good. Um, he didn't have a drummer. His drummer wasn't there and he had his drum pad set up and he was like, Hey Reed, get over here, like play drums for us on, on like two songs. And nice. I was like, dude, I can do it. No problem. I was so bad oh. at <laughs> keeping a beat because when I listen to music and I'm like imagining myself a band, I'll like listen a little to this guy and I'll listen a little to that guy and I'll be like, oh, I can do that. I can do that. Well, I had just trained myself to listen to things. So when I was playing, I would listen to the guitarist and I'd hear his rhythm and I yeah. would get off. Yeah. You know? Because oh. I wasn't keeping the driving beat. Right. I was trying to match the accents that the guitars and stuff were doing right. because I was used to being an active listener rather than an active player. And still to this day, I've been very afraid of getting up with other musicians. Mm. Now, guitar is my number one instrument. I would feel confident probably sitting down with most people playing guitar. But yeah. I thought I was like that on every instrument. Like I yeah. can play drums a little bit. I can play keys a little bit. And that was a terrible feeling. Yeah. It's an awful feeling. And I don't think I've ever asked anybody to set in with drums ever again from that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's that kind of. But that's that kind of encapsulates my confidence that, I, yeah, I'm sure there are some things that I am very competent right. about. And I, I feel good that I'm competent about yeah. them. But I feel like this category all comes down to who you surround yourself with. Yeah. If you have good people who are pushing you and questioning you and not taking your word as, as you know, uh, the word of law, then you're going to be pushing yourself as well because that's the group you want to fit in. And that's definitely something that might, I don't know about you, but does frustrate me working with students Mm -hmm. um, that uh, I've worked with high school age, worked with college age, and no matter which level, there's always going to be that person who not yet has been tested necessarily. They maybe have never tasted failure. They will. Yes. They will with almost out exception. They will, but it sometimes can be frustrating because um, you, we know, mm-hmm. all right, listen, you're not necessarily as, as hot shit as you think you are, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And, and that and, – and sometimes I am – I'd say envious, jealous of yeah. even of their confidence and, you know, thinking that really? they, not, you know, it's just like, what is it like to, to at least enjoy being at the top? Because even, you know, in general, in my classes, there was always one or two, at least other students who were smarter than I was, faster, quicker, oh, whatever. Yeah. So, you know, it's like I never enjoyed being on the top of the heap. Uh, the only time I can remember your story reminds me of uh, when I was eight years old uh-huh. and on the swim team, and that one year I was I was fucking killing it because nobody else knew the strokes yet. Okay, um, but uh, you know, they actually uh, I was MVP that year. There were a couple of meets where I'd like finished my races, and the coach was like, "Come on, Paul, we need you. Yeah. We join the relay. We we need you." Uh-huh. You know, it's one of those deals, yeah. and. Uh, for that to be the peak of my athletic career is hilarious, but the fact that, you know, yeah, it's, it's like, oh, I wonder what that's like to be at the very top for a little while. Mm-hmm. Must be nice, you know, and it's, uh, you know, yeah. I I, I'm with you 
I mean, people always talk about, yeah, you want to be at the top of your field or whatever. But, yeah. I mean, there are only so many fields. Only so many can be at such a high standard and dangerous standard to set for yourself. I yeah. Feel. And, you know, there's going to be an end eventually. And but if you're ignorant, it's like you get that for free. Yeah. Without all the work, you know. But my big problem is, now, do you think ignorant people would care about this? I could probably, with my acting background and how intelligent I am and how realistic I am, I could probably fake that ignorance and just power through and and be louder than people. We've talked about this before. I was raised, you know, where loudest usually wins and stuff like that. Yeah. And I could probably do that. But to me, it's like the worst feeling, the worst put down in the world is someone just being like, dude, you're wrong and you don't even know you're wrong. Yeah. To me, that's soul crushing. But do you think the ignorant dummies out there, the ones who don't do any research, who just surround themselves with yes men and, you know, whether it be at the, at the local racetrack or whether it be at, you know, the local cigar bar, whoever it is, wherever it is, do you think they view that as a, as a negative too, or do I gotta they not think even... no because they think they do know it all. Like they, right. they, they're so they're so sure of their held beliefs. This is really reminding me of the flat earthers, the insanity of the, the insanity. fucking flat earthers. Because yeah. it, here's the thing, like, and I've I, always wondered about this: is like these ignorant people we're talking about, the ones who just refuse to admit they're wrong. Like, right. what happens when you are visual, visually shown something in front of you that proves you're wrong? I've got a buddy who has a flat earther friend, and his theory is that this guy and all the others they're flat earthers because it's the their lives have gone wrong somewhere. They're not on the top, and they thought they were supposed to be, and so they need the conspiracy, whether it's flat Earth or whatever else. They need the conspiracy to make sure that they are on top in some way. So even if it's just in their mind being like, I'm the only one who knows the truth and I'm the best because I know the truth that he, he is, he's, Super, super sure. That's why his buddy is a flat earther, and why okay, the other your buddy's is. going down the uh, the Van Kelly path there. The denial, the dark denial that goes yeah. on in humans. Yeah, which that is super interesting, and maybe that that's is. true. Oh, I'm you on know? board. Like he the, the more me. Uh, flat earthers is a great example of the more incompetent you are. Like, how can you fucking possibly think that that's real? But they are so sure. And they're, they're like, they buy into all the conspiracies that yeah. jet fuel can't melt steel beams and we didn't land on the moon. And it's 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 frightening that all of these things are out there. It's almost like they, they open up this arena of things that can't be proved yeah. just so that they can, like I said, yell be the, the loudest yeah. or be the only ones. Yeah. It's like, dude. It's a mental I, illness, I think. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, you, you know me. I think we all lie to ourselves just like those flat earthers are doing. But if to that's go to that, to, to be presented with what I have got to think is incontrofutable. Is that the word? Fact. Irrefutable. All right, or incontrovertible. I was trying to combine two words. Time to beat off. (laughs) I'll tell that story later. Anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, Oh, man. You said something that made me think of something to say. Incontrovertible. Irrefutable. Irrefutable. Um, It's like, I, dude, I, I am incapable of proving to you that we landed on the moon. Right. Like, it is... Beyond my power. Sure. If you gave me ten million dollars, I'm not sure I could prove it. Man, I think I could with ten million dollars. Really? 
What would you like? Well, all right. I guess not. I guess what, what what's yeah. actually going to prove it to them is right. Like There's take nothing. them up to the moon and show them. Right. You know, I feel like that's maybe it. But even then, they'd be like, "This is all a simulation. You've drugged me." Uh, you know, that that could be the way they go with it. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's uh, that's interesting. I've never yeah. I've never thought about that in those sort of terms. It's that is interesting. I like the idea. I like what they're going for. <laughs> <laughs> Because, I mean, who are you really uh, – I, I don't who know. I know. Who are you hurting? And I then mean, I've heard somebody say – It depends like, on which conspiracy. If it's like right. the uh, – Well, I'm talking about the moon landing. All right. Yeah, you're right. Like, exactly. who, who are you hurting? But if maybe you're hurting by fueling other people's paranoia and it turns into the fucking Newtown Massacre conspiracy, Whoa, which is – really horrific. yada, yada, yada the No, Newtown. I mean, I think it, conspiracy theories is what this has come to. Okay. Some of them are hugely harmful. Even the 9-11 conspiracy theories, these are hugely harmful to the people that were affected by – these actual events okay. and to we need to do an episode on conspiracy I would theories. be I'd be happy to I think we kind of are covering it now but yeah oh yeah. no I want to talk in depth right. maybe about All some right. specific okay. stuff is there any last thoughts anything you want to touch on on this category that we haven't Paul well see I, I don't know what I haven't touched on yet I'm so I'm so incompetent or you I feel think like you, you think you killed it right exactly okay. oh man we, we nailed it there is nothing left to say I'm just telling you there's plenty left to say oh okay we could definitely make it better alright but uh, I think you gotta go right uh, well you know I think we uh We've come to the end of our time. All right. All right. You want to tell people where they can find us, Paul? Absolutely. Check us out on Twitter. Hit us up at EDID Podcast. Uh, Head on over to Facebook and just search Every Day I'm Different and tweet at us. Say, hey, you fuckers don't know what you're talking about because that's true. We just told you we don't. Big time. Yeah. Or EDID Podcast at gmail.com. For Paul Patrick, I am Van Kelly. Thanks for listening, guys. Every day I'm different. See ya.